Greetings, saints of God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church. Once again, we welcome you into our services today. Uh, before we even begin, I just want to say thank you once again for being so kind, so gracious, and even so generous. Uh, you have really blown my mind with your gifts and your kindness, uh, your continued support of the ministry. Uh, people have been supporting the ministry from all across the country, from Atlanta, Georgia, to Phoenix, Arizona. You have truly blown my mind, and I thank God for the Cedar Grove Church and how you have served uh, behind the scenes as well as in front of the scenes. We thank God for you, and I pray God's blessings upon each and every good seed that you have sown. May he return it to you 60, 30, 30 60, 100 fold. That's my prayer for each and every one of you. And today I want to continue in the Again series, uh, the Again series uh, during this time of this COVID-19 season, I know we're looking forward to doing some things again. We've been away from a number of things. And what this, again, series is teaching us is that, you know what, uh, we need to have certain actions and attitudes in the meanwhile. We know we're going to be able to do all of these things again, worship again, live again, laugh again, uh, come together and fellowship again. But in the meantime, there are certain actions, certain attitudes that we should have in the meantime to help us not only enjoy this season, not only endure this season, but to enjoy this season. So there is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you today. So today, uh, the Lord and I want to minister from the subject, rejoice again, rejoice again. And it's coming from one of my favorite passages of scripture found in Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine, uh, Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. And here reads the beginning of God's word. Uh, from the New King James translation, here it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God, yeah, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, meditate on these things. Verse 9, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. And again, want to minister from the subject, rejoice again, coming from that fourth, fourth verse where he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let us say a quick word of prayer and then we'll proceed. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you once again for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to share and to minister your word. And I pray that your word would go forth with power and authority that every person that's listening uh, on this sermon on today and throughout the ages will be encouraged and strengthened and be reminded that we can rejoice again. I'm going to say thank you now because you're faithful. It's in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to let you know that rejoice is defined as to feel and express great joy and delight. Let me say that again. The word rejoice is defined as to feel and to express great joy and delight. It's God's will for his children to be filled with joy at all times and in all circumstances. That's God's will. I believe that's one of the reasons why he 
put the word joy and rejoice in the scripture over 200 times. That combination is found in scripture time after time after time, where the word of God continues to remind us that we should have joy as well as rejoice. And the reason why children of God should have uh, joy is because, first of all, we belong to the Lord. We are here, is number one. Number two is because uh, joy is a fruit of a spirit-led life, according to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Hallelujah. And what I want to let you know today is that we can rejoice at all times. David said it that way. We can, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, believe it or not, one of the signs of a mature Christian is that you can rejoice even when being persecuted. Uh, you can rejoice even in times of trouble. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke of this. Uh, he said we can rejoice even when being persecuted and killed in Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. Peter and James picked it up, and they echoed the Lord's teachings uh, about rejoicing in trouble in 1 Peter verses, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, as well as James in chapter 1, verse 2. And then Paul picks it up, and he talks about rejoicing in suffering because of the final fruit and the final result that rejoicing produces in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. But I want to let you know again that joy, uh, God wants us to have joy. He wants us to express that joy, which is rejoicing, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's God's will for us to rejoice at all times, in all circumstances, because we are his children, and that's what he calls us to do. But I also want to let you know that the devil desires to shake our joy. That's the last thing that the devil wants us to do, is to be able to rejoice and to have joy. As a matter of fact, the devil uses a number of tools to, to take our joy from us. Uh, he uses pain. He uses pressure. He uses problems. He uses plagues. He even uses pandemics with the intention of taking our joy from us. But I want to let you know today that even in the midst of all of that, God is teaching us by his word today uh, that we can have joy even in the midst of pain. We can have joy in the midst of problems. We can have joy even in the midst of this pandemic. God is telling us today that we can rejoice again. Can we go deeper today? Well, that brings me to my text. Because in this text, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul, the one that we know so much about, the one that went from persecutor of Christians to one who proclaimed Christianity for the balances of his days. Paul is that awesome apostle that when he couldn't get to us physically, kind of like we are in this season right here, uh, he would preach through the mail. He would use any means necessary uh, to send out the word of God and to continue to encourage and, min and to minister to God's people. And that's what we find right now in this text right here, in this fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. This is the apostle Paul, and he's writing an epistle, or he's writing a letter to the church at Philippi. And he's telling them, he's giving them instructions on how to rejoice again, uh, how they can remain joyful, even in the midst of persecutions, even in the midst of problems. Uh, and at, in this case, when this church is facing false teaching, he's telling them uh, while he's in prison that they can rejoice again. And that's what God is calling us to do. Amen. And I guess you say, you know what? I hear you, Pastor Monty. But how can we rejoice again? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because the text has given us three, three things, uh, three things that I want to lift up and then I'm out of your way today on how we can rejoice again. Number one, guard against anxiety. Guard against anxiety. I'm in verse number six, uh, the A clause. It says, be anxious for nothing. Amen. Be anxious for nothing. 
In other words, it talks about the impact of anxiety. Uh, in no situation, regardless of what's going on, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he's telling them to be anxious for nothing. Don't let any situation make you uh, experience anxiety. Uh, you need to guard against anxiety. Hallelujah. And there are many reasons why we should guard against anxiety. First of all, uh, anxiety goes against Scripture. If you read your Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verses 20, 25 through 34, Jesus spoke three times and reminded us about uh, do not worry. He says that three times, do not be anxious and do not worry. Three times, amen. For those of us who are believers, this is for the church now, we affirm that we believe in God and his son, Jesus. We understand that he loves us unconditionally and that he's made promises to meet our needs and that he is a God who keeps his word. So if all this is true, then living a life filled with anxiety does not fit who we are as children of God. Scripture tells us that we need to uh, guard against anxiety, number one. Number two, anxiety will negatively impact every area of your life. Let me say that again. Anxiety will negatively impact every area of your life. Believe it or not, anxiety divides your mind. Anxiety slows your productivity. Anxiety leads to unwise decisions. Anxiety steals your peace and your joy. Anxiety is a terrible waste of time and energy. Anxiety affects your personal relationship as well as your relationship with others. I don't know about you, have you ever run across anybody who's always anxiety ridden? Every time you talk to them, they're anxious about this, that, and the other. Uh, have you ever come across that person? You hate to see that number coming up on your call ID. As a matter of fact, they're anxious about everything. And what I've learned is that some people, uh, uh, they don't want a solution. They just want to uh, dump their problems, their issues on you uh, and just feel with anxiety. But again, anxiety affects your personal relationship with yourself as well as with others. Uh, uh, it, it is an ongoing, the ongoing effects of anxiety helps, um, it, it impacts everybody that is around you. As a matter of fact, I'm allergic uh, uh, to negative people. Amen. I don't know about you, but I, I'm allergic to negative people. And, and if you're talking to me and you just see me start scratching, <laughs> Uh, you might be a negative person. Amen. Uh, I just believe that, that anxiety impacts every area of your life. And what Paul is telling the church at Philippi here is that we need to guard against anxiety. Uh, be anxious for nothing. Uh, I don't care what the situation is. Yes, you may have lost your job. Yes, Lord, your stimulus check may not have come in. But believe it or not, Jesus told us in Matthew 6, yes, Lord, if he feeds the bird, yes, Lord, if he, if he takes care of the lilies of the field, guess what? The God I serve. Yeah, he'll take care of you. So we don't have to be anxious for anything. The promises that God has given us lets us know that we can guard against anxiety. Number two, uh, not only should we guard against anxiety, but number two, we should give it to the Almighty. I'm still in verse six. Verse six, the B clause says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, catch that, let your request be known unto God. Amen. In other words, uh, we have to give it to the Almighty. In other words, we need to pray. Yes, Lord, I know you wanted something deep. I know you wanted something magical and majestical, but, but believe it or not, there's power in prayer. Some of my prayer warriors know, yes, Lord, those of you that were on the prayer call this morning, yes, Lord, you understand there's power in prayer. We don't have to call our congressman. Uh, we don't have to call our president. Uh, we don't have to call this person, that person, or the other person. We can call on the name 
of the Lord. Yes, Lord, uh, you can give it to the Almighty. And what God is telling us here and what Paul is saying here, but with everything, with prayer and supplication. That means to beg, yeah. With thanksgiving, don't ask for all of that stuff and then don't tell him thank you, hallelujah. You need to tell God thank you. Make your request be known unto God. Paul is telling us here that we can replace worry with prayer and thanksgiving. And I believe uh, uh, this is true. If you're going to worry, don't pray. And if you're going to pray, don't worry. Have you heard that before? Uh, if, if you're going to pray, don't worry. And then if you're going to worry, don't pray. I believe it's time to, to make a choice. Yes, Lord, we need to give it to the Almighty and give it to God. Yes, Lord, cast all your cares on him. Guess what? Because he cares for you. Does anybody know there's power in prayer? As a matter of fact, the scripture talks about this thing called prayer time after time after time. Uh, David said it this way in Psalm 34, verse number six. This poor man cried unto the Lord and he heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Uh, David said it this way in Psalm 55, 17. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Does anybody know that God hears prayer and there's power in prayer? Jeremiah put it this way in Jeremiah 33 and three. He said, call unto me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Uh, God will answer. Yes, Lord, some people may be tired of you calling. Some people may be tired of you complaining. But guess what? The God I serve, you can cast all your cares on him. You can call on him. And you can call him morning, noon, and night. It doesn't matter what time of day. God will always hear. And he will always answer our prayer. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, we need to make the choice today. Are we going to pray or are we going to worry? Are we going to pray? Or are we going to worry? Uh, and I'm suggesting today that you give it to the Almighty. Lord, I, I'm going to cast all my cares on you. Let me give you an example. Does anybody remember Mary and Martha? It's in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, when Jesus came to their house. And, and some of you understand that Martha was worrying about what she's going to fix. She's in the kitchen. She's working hard. She's trying to prepare a meal for Jesus. But you remember that Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Uh, Mary was worrying and Martha, excuse me, Martha was worrying and Mary was worshiping. Let me say that again. Martha was worrying and Mary was worshiping. And in the midst of all of that, uh, because of what anxiety can do and because of what happens when we make a disconnect between our, our Savior and ourselves, uh, we can be doing a whole bunch of things. Uh, be involved in a lot of activity, uh, but still not have any productivity. And that's what Martha was doing in that text. Yes, Lord, she was worried about too many things. Uh, and then, as a matter of fact, she uh, uh, was so busy being anxious and doing all these things that she even got mad at Jesus. Mm, let me say that again. She even got mad at Jesus. She came to Jesus and said, do you not care? Uh, that my sister is sitting down, I'm doing all of this stuff, and, and do you not care? And, and sometimes what the devil wants to do is make you wonder if God even cares about you. Does God care about your situation? Well, again, God told us we can cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. And what Jesus told Martha and Mary in this situation, he said, Martha, you are worried about many things. Uh, verse 41, but, but uh, Mary has done the good part. In other words, she has taken some time uh, to get into the presence 
of the Lord. And I want to let you know today that while we're going about doing all the things that we need to do, I believe we need a little Martha as well as a little Mary and each and every one of us. Yes, we have things that we must do, but, but don't do all of that work without taking some time to worship. Yes, Lord. That's why you got to give it to the Almighty. Yes, Lord. Mary was saying, you know what? I know I got a lot of stuff to do, but I first thing I got to do is I got to seek first the kingdom of God. There it is, Cedar Grove, and all his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto me. Yeah, I got to take some time to sit at his feet. I got to take some time to get in his presence. Yes, Lord. Because some of you understand if you hadn't talked to God, they don't want to talk to you. Yes, Lord. Uh, because if, uh, some of your enemies ought to be glad. Yes, Lord. That you are still a worshiper, that you are saved. Yes, Lord. Because just talking to him uh, just makes everything all right. Yes, Lord. So what God is saying today, yes, Lord, uh, uh, letting us know that he wants us to rejoice. He wants us to rejoice again. And the first thing that we must do is guard against anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. Uh, but not only guard against anxiety, but give it to the Almighty. But with everything, through prayer and supplication, let your requests be known unto God. Uh, and the peace of God, that's verse number seven, uh, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then the last thing, hallelujah, after you guard against anxiety, after you give it to the Almighty, uh, the last thing Paul is saying right here is that you got to govern your attitude. Whew. You got to govern your attitude. Verses 7 through 9. Paul says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, here it is. Think on these things. That's the King James Version. Uh, and the other verse says, meditate on these things. Those things which you have learned, received, and heard, and saw in me. These do. And the peace of God, Lord have mercy. Yeah, the peace of God will be with you. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, you have to govern your attitude. Uh, somebody say it's an inside job. It's an inside job. Yes, Lord, your, your attitude is an inside job. My grandmother used to say, your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, what is on the inside has a way of coming out on the outside. And what I've learned is that you gotta govern your attitude. Uh, in other words, you gotta be intentional in guarding your thought life. Uh, you have to be very intentional about guarding your thought life. Paul said, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, just, and of good report, uh, you got to intentionally think on these things. And I know, I know, I know, the enemy is sending a lot of things to distract us today. He's giving us a lot of things to, to pull our attention. And, and what I'm telling you, saints of God, is there are times you just got to pull away from the news. Uh, you don't have to be the most informed person on the, on the latest casualties of COVID-19. Uh, 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 you got to be intentional in governing and guarding your thought life. Yes, Lord, the things that you think about, because again, what comes in on the inside has a way of showing up on the outside. And what I'm saying today is you have to be intentional. That's what Paul is saying. He's sitting here and he's in jail. You got to remember that, that he's in prison and he's writing to people outside of prison <laughs> and letting them know, yes, Lord, that whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, just, and of good report, that you have to intentionally think on these things. 
Yes, Lord, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the problems, in the midst of pressures, yes, Lord, in the midst of a pandemic, and even in the midst of being in prison, Paul is writing to people on the outside, telling them what you need to do on the inside to think on these things. Let me just throw this in for free. Uh, believe it or not, I've never been booked. <laughs> I've never been fingerprinted or pictured. I don't know what it feels like to be inside of a, of a prison, but some of you may have, and God bless you, that may be your testimony. I'm not mad at you today. But usually, what I've discovered from the movies I've watched and other things I've seen is that usually people on the inside of prison are needing encouragement from people on the outside of prison. <laughs> uh, uh, people from the, on the inside usually need, uh, need a letter, uh, some money put on their account. I've heard about it. I hadn't been there, like I said. Uh, they need people on the outside to encourage them while they are inside. And what God is saying today is that Paul, he's on the inside of the prison and he's writing letters to people outside the prison to telling them to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And that uh, just makes my point today, my brothers and sisters, is that it's an inside job. Uh, what goes on on the inside is more important than what's going on on the outside. Paul is in prison and he's still encouraging others on the outside of prison and telling them that you got to be intentional on your thought life. Whatsoever things are pure, lovely, and just, you got to think on these things. Yeah, uh, uh, on these things. Uh, can you imagine being in prison because all of these things that are coming against him, but, but he was inside the prison, but he didn't let the prison get inside of him. Let me say that again. He was inside of prison, but he didn't let the prison get inside of him. It's an inside job. Your, your attitude uh, determines your altitude and the things that you think on, the things that you meditate on will govern what's going on on the inside. Uh, what's, going on, what's going on the inside will govern, will impact what's going on on the outside. And he's telling them that to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, uh, let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. Whatsoever things are pure, lovely, just, and of a good report, think on these things. Uh, and that brings me to another example that I'm getting ready to close with today. Uh, uh, because I believe, uh, uh, I want to lift up uh, one of my uh, sweet, sweet, uh, phenomenal, fantastic members of the Cedar Grove Church. I want to talk about Brother James Harding today. Uh, a mighty, mighty, mighty man of God. And, and what I want to say about Brother Harding is uh, when he first got saved, I don't know if this is still on his voicemail. He usually catches my call. I hadn't called a voicemail in a long time. But he had this on his voicemail when he first got saved. He said, you know what? There's been some changes in my life. And if you leave a message and I do not call you back, you are one of those changes. <laughs> In other words, Brother Harding uh, was so serious about his walk with the Lord. Yes, Lord. He understood that you have to intentionally guard and guide what you let on the inside. So there are some folks, yes, Lord, we're called to love everybody and all that other stuff, but there are some folks in some situations you got to intentionally put a little distance behind, beside you, amen? Uh, although they may be calling you, you don't have to call them. And even if you're talking to them, you don't have to spend a lot of time with them, yes, Lord, because believe it or not, if that storm gets on the inside, that storm is going to come on the outside. And Paul and Brother Harding have some things in common, yes, Lord. Uh, although he was in the prison, yes, Lord, there are certain situations that he wasn't going to allow to come on the inside. Uh, he understood that, yes, Lord, you got to intentionally guard your thought life. What's 
whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Because believe it or not, this won't be your. This was not the last time that Paul was in prison. Uh, uh, Paul understood that, you know what, I can share this prescription and it's going to work time after time after time. As a matter of fact, God so loved us, he understood that we can learn some lessons from the life of Paul today, that if it worked for Paul, it's going to work for us. Yes, Lord, because just like Paul, this won't be our last pandemic. This won't be our last problem. This won't be the last time we're under pressure. But if we understand how to guard our heart, how to guard our thought life and to give it over to God, guess what? We can be just like Paul, because, again, this was not the last time that Paul was in prison. Uh, uh, somebody remembers, uh, you know in your Bible, Acts chapter 16, verse number 25, and at midnight, yeah, I feel like preaching today, amen, Paul and Silas prayed, there it is, and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and immediately uh, their bands were loose. Yes, Lord, I need my bass guitar, Joseph. Yes, Lord, I, I can use an organ right about now, Brooke, uh, amen. I'm trying not to preach, I'm trying just to teach this thing, but something on the inside is pushing me today. Uh, uh, God, Paul understood the importance of, of guarding your heart and your mind. And if it worked for them when he, for them, him then when he was in the Philippi jail, guess what? He understood that it worked for him and Silas even in Acts chapter 16. Yes, Lord. Paul and Silas prayed unto God. Yes, Lord. And the prisoners heard them. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And, and immediately their bands were loose. In other words, you don't have to get out of the prison. Yes, Lord. Uh, God has a prison ministry. He'll come in and be, meet you just where you are. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, you don't have to wait until you get outside the pandemic. Amen. If you praise, uh, if you rejoice, uh, if you pray, yes, Lord, the God I serve, he'll come and meet you just where you are. And remember this, amen, because believe it or not, it may not be your last time in prison. It may not be your last time in a pandemic. It may not be your last time in a problem, but the same God, the same God that blessed you last time, the same God that came in uh, and, and ministered to you, the same God that lifted you, the same God that heard you, hallelujah, the same God that, that fed you when you didn't know uh, how everything was going to come together. Guess what? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And what we can learn from Paul today, hallelujah, that if you do your part, the God I serve would do his part. If you do what you can do, God will do what only God can do. And again, you don't even have to wait until you get outside the prison. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait until all this is over. God is saying today that you can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul is saying, you know what? Uh, you can guard against anxiety. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. I don't care what it looks like. Yes, Lord. But you don't know my situation. Be anxious for nothing. Uh, but with everything, give it to the Almighty. Uh, with everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Again, don't beg for a lot of stuff and don't give nothing back. Uh, let your request be known unto God. Hallelujah. And the peace of God. Yeah, <laughs> that's my point right there. That's my shout. Uh, uh, the peace of God. Uh, it'll govern your attitude. Yeah, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And after he's guarded it, yes, Lord, you do your part to guard it too. Govern your attitude. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, uh, whatsoever things are a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, yes, Lord. And the God of peace, yes, Lord, the opposite of anxiety, 
the God of peace. Yes, Lord, peace even in the midst of the storm. The God of peace, he'll be with you. Does anybody know God is with you today? And if you don't, I just want to remind you that God is with you. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for you. And even in the midst of this pain, this current pain, this current pandemic, this current problem, the God I serve, he saw it coming. He knew it was coming, but he allowed it for a reason. And I believe with all of my heart that the reason that he wanted us to go through this or he allowed us to go through this, hallelujah, is that we can just do that. Give it to the Almighty. Cast all your cares on him. You don't, you don't have to try to handle this yourself. Give it to him. He wants to renew his relationship with his children. So if you're listening to this message and for whatever reason uh, you have strayed away in your relationship with the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to let you know today that he wants his child back. He wants you back. He, he wants you to do just like Mary. Yes, Lord, I know you've been doing a lot of Martha. You've been running. You've been trying to hold up the world and, and trying to keep it all together. But God is saying, you know what? I want you to come back and just spend some time at my feet. Spend some time in my presence. Spend some time in my presence. And, and with that, guess what? We'll take care of all that other stuff. So if you're here today, and, and again, you're hearing this message, and for whatever reason you've strayed away, I want to let you know that God has got us in isolation. Uh, and just like Paul, socially, social distance doesn't mean spiritual distance. Uh, we can get back in the presence of God. So if you strayed away, we want to let you know that you can, reunite, you can reunite back with Christ today. You can say, Lord, take me as I am. Uh, I want to renew my relationship with you. Come into my heart. Cleanse me from all of my sins. Uh, uh, forgive me. Renew me. Restore me. He'll bring you back and he'll forgive you. He'll cast your sins as far as the east is from the west as if it never even happened. So if you had a relationship with the Lord and for whatever reason, he's letting you know you can rejoice again. And you can rejoice again coming from a relationship with him. And then again, if you've never had a relationship with God ever before in your life, uh, at the Seed Grove Church, I, I believe the, one of the reasons why he's allowed this season is so that we can reach some ma the masses. We can reach some people that would never come inside our brick and mortar walls, that, that we can uh, reach some people that are on the internet. And you may not even know why you've been scrolling through this message, but God told you to stop right here. And he told you to stop right here because he has something significant to say. And here it is. God wants you to let you know that he wants you to be saved. He wants you to be saved. There are so many people that are dying. Lord have mercy. There are so many people that are hurting. There are so many people that have disease. But, but Jesus came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I want you to know this person named Jesus. If you're not saved, if you haven't received the gift of salvation through accepting uh, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, uh, the work that he did on the cross, we want to let you know that you can be saved today. And you may have more questions than answers, but I want to let you know that this is why we're here. We're here to help you to understand this. So you can inbox us. Uh, you can put a comment uh, on, uh, on the, in the comment section, even on this message right here. And we'll be proactive. We can reach out to you. You can go to our website, cedargrovechurch.org, uh, fill out a prayer request, or even uh, put it in their salvation, uh, the salvation request. And we'll contact you. We'll tell you what you need to know to come into an intimate and loving relationship with the Lord. I want to let you know God loves you today. Uh, God loves you today. And he's still speaking to his people. So he sent us a word to let us know, yes, I know we're uh, trying to go through this pandemic, but we don't have to just endure it. 
we can enjoy it. And God's letting us know that even in the meantime, that we can rejoice again. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God did say, amen. God bless you. May for you ever keep you is my prayer.